The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Beach Corner with Diana Chickie is sponsored by Exchanging Vows Bridal Boutique in Collingwood, Ontario. Visit exchangingvowsbridalboutique.com for all your wedding and formal wear needs. Hello everybody, this is Artie Pasquale from The Sopranos. You're listening to Beach Booster Radio. I'm Donna Chicky with Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, your backstage pass for all your entertainment. I'm delighted to welcome via phone actor, producer, and best known for his role as Bert Gervasi in The Sopranos, Artie Pasquale. Artie, a seasoned actor with plain gangster-type bad guys, was the perfect fit for the character that would establish his career even further. He had a recurring role until his dramatic strangulation part in The Blue Comet, creating the most memorable scenes of the sixth season. The Sopranos, a television drama series created by David Chase, premiered on HBO in the U.S. on January the 10th, 1999 and ended on June the 10th, 2007. It was widely regarded as one of the greatest television series of all time and won a multitude of awards over the years. Set in New Jersey and New York City, the series follows Tony Soprano, a New Jersey-based Italian-American mobster who tries to balance his family life with his role as boss of the Soprano family. Artie will share how he landed the character of Bert Gervasi, his last take on The Sopranos, and upcoming projects. You're listening to Beach Corner, brought to you by Exchanging Val's Bridal Boutique in Collingwood on Beach Booster Radio, with all the beaches only truly local radio. Listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's truly local radio, broadcasting directly from the world's longest freshwater beach. Welcome back to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio. I have the privilege of welcoming via phone actor, producer, and best known for his role as Burger Bassi in The Sopranos, Artie Pasquale. Welcome to Beach Corner. My pleasure, my pleasure to be on the beach with you. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. It's a true honor to have you on the show. I understand you attended the Sopranos Con last November. How was the expo? It was absolutely fabulous. It, it, was, it was an international happening, as it turned out. Um, about 10,000 people came there in two days, people from all over the world. And it was like a 20th anniversary of the show, and we had about 50 cast members giving out autographs, taking pictures, and they actually recreated much of many of the sets that you would, would have seen on TV. It was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. People came up to me from the Netherlands, from Australia. It's just unreal as to uh, how how much this show affected the, you know so many people. Wow. So as a youngster, you were very involved in sports. How did you develop a passion for acting? I don't know. I just, I always watch, you know, we watch TV, of course, in those days, you know, showing my age, but we only had three or four stations and it was actually black and white. I remember when color TV came into view. 
Edward J. Robertson, you know, Richard Widmark, um, Humphrey Bogart, George Rapp. These old black and white movies with great actors. And I just, I just got interested in it, you know, and I, uh, I always had like a little itch to do this. Mm. And I got involved in education, you know, later on. And uh, I, I've always said this in my bio that being a coach and teacher actually is, uh, in a sense, act, you know, you're always performing in front of people. So it, it helped me with my acting. And now tell us how you landed the character of Bert Gervasi on The Sopranos. As I hear, there were 15,000 people who auditioned. Yeah, it, was, uh, it certainly was a happy, you know. Most of these mob movies or mob TV shows all took place in New York, but David Chase, writer-creator, was determined to do it in New Jersey, and he finally got HBO, I guess, to put up the money. And uh, this one high school, Harrison High School, they had some 15,000 people walk, you know, around, around the block, a couple of blocks off. People stereotyped, looking, uh, you know, Italian, so to speak, looking people. Some people uh, never acted, some people acted. And uh, from there, they selected certain people to, to go in for, uh, eventually, to uh, go in for an audition. I mean, I wasn't part of that. Uh, I didn't stand online. I mean, I give a lot of credit to those people that did. And I know a couple of people. As a matter of fact, the Johnny Stack character, I don't know if your listeners remember Johnny Stack's character, his wife was a girl that was just online, never acted a day in her life. Went down there, no pictures, no anything, and they took a couple of pictures of her. Before you know it, she had this lead role as Johnny Sack's wife. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> no, that's how Chase was. He wanted regular-looking people in the neighborhood versus, you know, typical Hollywood types. Mm-hmm. And the, the show just snowballed from there. It went, it went crazy. Oh, it certainly did. So we can't help but talk about your last scene in The Sopranos. How did you prepare for that take? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because when people say, how did you prepare for it? Like I'm home the night before, knowing I'm going to get strangled tomorrow. <laughs> so I look in the mirror and say, well, how am I going to look when I get strangled? You know, you just can't do that. <laughs> now you can memorize lines and you can imagine the scene, but it would just came out as it turns out it came out as one of the better death scenes in the Sopranos. And I had Stephen Van Zandt who played Silvio. I'm sure your viewers know Stephen Van Zandt from the Bruce Springsteen band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had this Garrett around me and he broke a few of them. And I told him, just do it as tight as you can. If it hurts, I'll tell you. And he did it tight enough where I actually felt like I was being strangled. And I got lucky, you know, my good friends called me up and they said, Artie, I love the way you make your eye droop like that. Well, I didn't make it droop like that. It just, that's just how it came out. You know, you're lucky. It's hard to prepare for, you know, some action like that. Oh, I'm sure it must be. And how did you feel once it was over? You mean the show itself? Yeah, the, the show itself. Well, yeah, it was kind of traumatic, so to speak. Uh, you know, here it was. It was on for 10 years, from 1997, 2007. Here is 2020. Um, you know, it had to end sometime, I guess. You know, some of the act getting a little tired. I'm not tired as far as disliking it, but it's hard for those writers to keep it at the same level, you know? So I think that's probably what made the show end. Mm -hmm. The fact that the writers themselves 
you know, couldn't keep it sharp. And uh, it was disappointing, you know, certainly was disappointing, and a lot of people wanted it to continue. Those shows, you know, 10 years for TV shows, pretty good. Oh, it certainly is. So what have you learned about yourself from your character on The Sopranos over the years? Well, from my character? Mm-hmm. Well, my, I learned from my character because, of course, my demise was that you can't play both sides, you know, which I did, and that caused me to... Uh, you know, to meet my, my demise, as they say. But the, char- the character itself was kind of like a comedic character. I used to make collections with the Pat. He was played by Danny Grimaldi. And he was a shorter guy. I was a tall guy. You know, the show, even though some people can, you know, consider it too, I don't know, not, not vulgar, but at times it was vulgar or, or violent. There were times when it was, it was a lot of humor in the show. You know, it was kind of a spoof. Mm-hmm. And the writers allowed that human to come through so that you didn't always think of it as being a mob show, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was interesting that, you know, here you are rooting for a guy like Tony Soprano, people were actually rooting for this guy, and in reality he was involved in, you know, killing people. Mm-hmm. But there was, all the characters were kind of likable in their own way. Interesting, eh? Well, joining me via phone is actor-producer Artie Pasquale. You're listening to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio. Is your new or existing business looking for recognition in Wasaga Beach? Beach Booster Group is your one-stop shop for all things local, all things promotional. Beach Booster will succeed in creating a complete local promotional package that can include high-profile outdoor, print, and radio promotion of your business and services. Beach Booster's community events offer additional opportunity for visible participation of your company in the Wasaga Beach area. Beach Booster Promotions also specializes in all types of promotional products and apparel to help you create your local and professional profile. Contact us at info at beachbooster.com or call 705-241-9762. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio with my guest via phone, Artie Pasquale. So, Artie, in an early episode of The Sopranos, the scene of the Vesuvio restaurant was burned down. This was inspired by a true life experience by one of your family members? Yeah, believe it or not, um, I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, a very Italian section, and my aunt and uncle had, uh, had like a cafe where all of these, I'll say in quotation marks, characters would come in. And my aunt and uncle would, you know, take care of them. They would make certain foods for them. And uh, one time, a fellow was coming in there and was actually going to be shot in there. And at, at the first, it was the first scene of The Sopranos, the first episode of The Sopranos, where these uh, the heads of the mob, so to speak, tried to get my aunt and uncle to leave town because they didn't want to have a killing take place in my uncle's restaurant because if they would get a bad reputation. And, of course, nobody would go to the restaurant, so they offered them a chance to go away on a vacation. And my aunt and uncle said, no, 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 once you're indebted to these fellows, you know, you can't get out of it. So they decided as a favor, if you can think of it that way, (laughs) as a favor to my uncle to blow up his restaurant so he could collect the insurance. And, of course, the fellow couldn't go in there because the restaurant was blown up. Went on to another restaurant, and they shot him there. Now, I had given that story to David Chase many, many, many years ago, and he created the Artie Bucco character, 
and it kept already, I kept the character, which he let, let the character be already after me, and Buko was David Chase's grandfather's name. And I remember when Peter Bogdanovich, I'm sure you know him, a well-known director, interviewed David Chase. He said, where'd you get this idea of a friend blows up his best friend's restaurant? He said, well, a guy I know from Providence, Rhode Island, gave me that story. It's a true story that happened to his uncle. And that's, that was the beginning of the Audi Foucault character. Wow. How amazing. Pretty wild. <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah, it is indeed. And what are your fondest memories of The Sopranos? Well, I know it's a little tri cliche, but it's the whole idea of being a family, you know, everybody says that Soprano had one big family, and it really, really was. The closeness of it was really unbelievable, whether you're a minor character or a major character. And James Gandolfini, God rest his soul, was just a wonderful, wonderful guy. I mean, I remember coming out of, like, getting my hair done or makeup and walking by him, and I was respecting his his, his privacy, and he's going over his lines, and everybody does it their own way. So I walked by him, and he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going inside. He said, come over here, sit down. And he started talking about my family. He said, how's your, you know, how's your family doing? How are the grandkids doing? That's the kind of a person he was. And he was like that with everybody else. Everybody, everybody was just great, just great. To this day, is that camaraderie that exists, you know, with many of the cast members. Now, most of the time you do a movie or you do a TV show, you, you do it and you're on your way. You might not even see these people again. But the, the Soprano thing is just, it was unique. You know, it was unique. Very nice. I think you'll have to do something like it, you know. Mm. So you were part of a documentary film by the late Nicky Rooney, The Last Will of Embezzlement. Can you elaborate? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was active in the narration visually as well as audio. It's a matter of fact, it was up for like, they were considering and nominating it for, a, for an Academy Award for documentaries. Very nice. I just feel it senior citizens being taken advantage of, you know, whether it be different types of mortgages or, or people with, uh, in nursing homes getting their wills changed by shady characters, you know. And Mickey Rooney, it happened to him a number of times. And he was, uh, ended up broke because of it. Mm. It's a great, if anybody wants to check it out, it's, I think it's still available. Last Will of Embezzlement. Very interesting. Very interesting. It was a nice piece. And you've done movies, but also a fair share of theater. Do you have a preference? I think, uh, Probably the most rewarding thing I did personally was a small play. It was a one hour, one hour, almost an hour play, of just myself and another young fellow. And it really, it was an emotional thing. It had to do with, I played Vinnie Pastore, who played Big Pussy in The Sopranos. It was a true story. He wrote it. It's called Mom's Chair. I played his father, and this other fellow played his son. And in real life, I guess his father was abusive to his mother. And it had to do with my son coming back to visit me, and we tried. He was estranged. We were estranged from each other, and it builds and builds and builds. Or I end up in tears in this in this in this play, and it was just physically draining, but it was very rewarding. And you know, when you do a play, there are no do-overs. You can't say, "Okay, let's change the camera. Let's move this over there. Let's move this over there." And you patch it together, and it comes out nice and pretty. Uh, so that's the challenging part. I mean, it's the most difficult thing. It's certainly more difficult than shooting a film or, 
on television. Because <laughs> it's real. You know, it's real and it's live. And sometimes you might make a mistake and the audience might not know it. But still, it's, it's definitely more difficult. The great actors, the greatest actors have always come out of theater. Nice. But the thing with theater is, you know, you're kind of locked into it. Once you commit to it, to doing it for a while, and you can't do much else at the same time. Mm-hmm. And how are you adapting your craft in this virtual world with the current environment, with this pandemic, the COVID-19? Well, I've been doing a lot of walking and cleaning closets. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else. Uh, things are breaking up a little bit now. You know, a couple of films, people have approached me to do a couple of films, maybe in October, November. You know, if this thing gets better. But it's, uh, now everybody's in the same boat. It's very difficult. I was talking to somebody in Canada in uh, Toronto who had shown an interest in me to do a film. But uh, I can't even go across the border right now, you know. That's true. Yes, they are closed, unfortunately, but due to the current environment we are in. And uh, so you do have uh, some projects in the future. Is this what's next for Artie? Yeah, there are about three or four projects. There's one that I just signed to do. I think it's going to be a series called Cape Town. It's about a a town in New Jersey. Another one called uh, All Mopped Up. It's kind of a comedy Another one called Scarlet, another one called Phrased Impact. There were like five, about four or five of them. Hopefully, hopefully they'll come to fruition. Yeah, it seems like you you got a busy schedule ahead. And where can we find more information on you? Well, I'm on Facebook, you know, if anybody wants to see me on Facebook. And uh, I'll give out my email address if anybody's interested. It's R-D-P-A-R-T-I-E-T as in potato. 21 at Verizon.net, RDP21 at Verizon.net, and I'm on Facebook. I am not on Instagram uh, for a variety of reasons, but I prefer not to be on Instagram. Well, good for you, Artie. Thank you, Artie, for being my guest and wishing you continued success. Thank you so much for asking me to be part of the show. It's, uh, it's my pleasure, and I wish everybody good health. And uh, if they want to stay in touch with me, just go to my email address, and I certainly promise to get back to them. Thank well, you so much, Diane. Thank you, Artie. You're listening to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Beach Booster Radio. It's the station to listen to. Broadcasting from the Stonebridge Town Center, located in Wasaga Beach, Ontario, Canada. The world's longest freshwater beach. Wasaga Beach. Wasaga Beach. Well, this is a wrap for me. I would like to thank Artie Pasquale for being my guest and wishing him continued success with his upcoming projects. For more information, visit his Facebook page. Special thanks go to Carol Ross and Sandy Graham from Cashbox Canada for making this interview possible. With Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, I'm Dinah Chicky. Beach Corner's broadcast every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. and also available on podcast anytime from our new Beach Booster Radio podcast page. Simply click the podcast button from my homepage to enjoy unique and local programming. 
Beach Corner is also a regular feature in Beach Booster publication and can be seen on Wasaga Beach TV at Beach Talk. If you would like to be featured on Beach Corner, please contact Diana at BeachBooster.com. I welcome your visit to my Facebook and Twitter pages. Bye-bye, everyone. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. You are listening to Beach Booster Radio, broadcasting from our studios in the Stonebridge Town Center on Main Street, in the heart of downtown Wasaga Beach.